Network Radio. This week's show is a journey into consciousness, working through the wonderful trance mediumship of Mick and Sylvie Avery, with wisdom brought through by spirit guide Gregory Hay. To find out more about their work, you can visit www.spirit-teaching.com. Very warm welcome to another show, Journeys into Consciousness, Gregory Hay and the White Cloud Group. It's always an honour to have you back. Thank you so very much, my dear Fendian, for inviting us, and it is with love and light and blessings that we are here. All of us, of the many thousands present of the White Clown Group, I thank you so. Okay, all right. Before I get going on some questions, I thought I'm going to I'm going to throw you um, what they call a curveball. <laughs> Have you heard of that saying? It's where someone throws something to you. It is an Americanism, is it not? It is indeed. And I just thought I would just open the show by just asking you an open question. If you had something that you wanted to share that you thought was significant or something that you felt you wanted to say that maybe I've not asked you before, um, just something from the group that you may want to get across. Is that something that you could do? Yes, I understand, my dear friend. There have been um, uh, situations of late to do with the harp experiments and to do with uh, how these are possibly uh, affecting uh, elements, situations of the physical side of life. Uh, some have pointed toward there being tectonic plate movements which have been onerous and um, due to these uses. And I understand that <clears throat> there have been other issues to do with uh, these different kinds of experiments uh, really to do with issues of munitions and different uh, um, ways really of of actually creating with them. Now I understand Nikolai Tesla um, when he actually was first investigating various different ways in order to uh, understand energy and the energy of physical matter came upon the, the facet of how it is that each individual chemical and physical biological uh, 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 state in actual fact had a vibration index. That meant that it had a, uh, a plausible number of, of uh, as expressed as, as the index of its makeup, which meant that it expressed its density and therefore its fluidity or state at which it could be identified or changed in its molecular state, state uh, or even moved from one place to another with the right kind of energy format. Now, as you may know, Nikolai Tesla actually created a great deal to do with radio wave technology, uh, in fact invented the radio uh, itself, but that he understood radio waves for so much more than the whole situation of broadcasting sound, but rather more was really to do with the broadcast of energy. And he saw this as a free energy exponent. He wanted to be able to utilize uh, both ordinary common energies, like for example electricity, as well as fractional energies, like that of attraction or polarity, of uh, uh, the way in which magnetic forces work, which would then be able to be uh, actually used in a focusable uh, situation, simulation, to be able to send energy from one part of the planet to another. I understand that his initial work with this was really to do with, as well, how energy might be transferred using radio wave technology uh, just really, shall we say, from within a dwelling and in the different aspects of that. I understand the harp experiments are really to do with his work, Tesla's early work, and then the consequential situations which have been developed to do with these technologies in identifying actual uh, uh, signatory forms of um, material 
signatory forms of different kinds of material as well, not just rock, but also oil, gas, uh, many different kinds of, of strata, uh, different kinds of uh, visibles as well, but things that are very difficult to find, like, for example, silver, gold, uh, mercury, to a certain extent, as well as, I understand, uranium ore. All of these have different and specific vibration index in exactly the same way as I understand the HARP experiments have now continued apace and that they continue to be, some would say, used vicariously to do with the experimentation of how to exaggerate wave uh, tremulous uh, uh, states to do with tectonic plate uh, uh, movement and how that could be illuminated or even practiced as a form of weaponry. I understand also that these situations are uh, continuing on a pace as well, even in your own fair country, dear friend, uh, where it is possible, not wanting to be negative, but it is possible that these kinds of technologies have advanced uh, in, in, in exorbitant ways. And I understand then that within this whole scenario, there are other situations, particularly within China, of course, where they have actually been utilizing various different chemical sprays in order to attract or detract or move certain weather patterns and climatic changes, which are then uh, resultant in a sense of of how they can organize different kinds of rainfall in various parts of the country. I understand it's not working that well at this present time because of all of the um, catastrophic events that have taken place. But in a sense, it's like, uh, I suppose, an open field experiment. I understand then because of this that the situation appears to be that uh, there are understandings as well that much of this is coming to be aired, P particularly, I feel, to do with the way that other companies and other governments are behaving themselves. Much of this material appears to be coming to the surface. So that means it's, it's something that you can share in. It's something that you can broadcast, that you can uh, share with other people on the other side of the planet. This is what we've always said, that we felt that the greatest expanse of humanity at this present time is purely and simply because of the media existence that you have, which means that each and every one of you really does have a voice. You must not feel that you are um, um, discontinued, that you are uh, singled out and kept from these kind of, of knowledges in a sense, but that it's all really part of the way in which you yourselves can identify and create change for your planet's well-being. And we're able to talk about it now because more and more people are talking about it. So it's um, safety yeah. in numbers. That's yes, absolutely so. I feel that that's why you really have to continue. Don't be afraid of it, you see. Interesting that you should bring up HARP because <laughs> um, it's actually the first question I've, I've got on my list. Um, and, the, and the reason I, I asked this is because um, um, a, a lady wrote in who lives in, in Christchurch in New Zealand yes. and obviously they've just had a very unusual earthquake for the south part of the country. You know, it's apparently the, um, the New Zealand is on the ring of fire but it's very unusual to have it down in the south and it's opened up a new fault line there as well. Um, raised it about 11 feet apparently, opened a, tour, opened a new fault line about 11 feet. And she yes. was concerned that this could be... Um, could have been triggered by something like HARP. I know in the past you've said that that probably couldn't happen. But have, you, have you changed your mind on that? It isn't that I've changed my mind, dear friend. It, it's simply I know that the experiments are continuing to take place and that uh, how the different focuses, uh, you remember, my dear friend, that in, in this respect, we can see quite clearly that these experiments have been used in order to detect oil, in order to detect, as I say, gas and other and other uh, fossil fuels to enable them to be explored as part of the whole situation, really. But, however, 
I understand that the tectonic plate situation scenario is really was actually triggered to begin with because people wanted to have some kind of a system whereby they would be able to detect uh, that's in a sense using harp in reverse to be able to detect movement in in a very fine-tuned way so as to then be able to accurately predict uh, earthquake movement, tectonic plate movement, which would then possibly trigger different kinds of upheavals uh, of this nature. I understand that, uh, thankfully, the lady in Christchurch herself is perfectly all right, and that, uh, however, I understand uh, as traumatic as that event is, for example, it is, uh, uh, I understand that there hasn't been a, 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 a such a level quake uh, for at least around 80 years uh, as such. But my point really is that I would not send everything to the trigger of harp to then explain it in that way. You have to understand that with all of the movement that happens in the Ring of Fire, the Pacific Rim, and all of uh, and all of that situation, both of all of the existences of it, uh, uh, both from the islands of Java, Borneo, uh, up through to Japan, and round to the west coast of of uh, uh, North America, as well as South America, of course, the whole situation is that that's one part of the tectonic plate, but with all of the movement and activity of that area, you are bound to have blips, situations where the torsion is of such sheer force that it is simply sent into, the, there has to be a time when it just simply gives. You understand? So that is, I'm, I'm not directing it all at the HARP Foundation, the HARP uh, uh, experimentation in this respect. However, I feel that uh, very serious questions need to be asked about the whole harp experiments and its validity for the values of the planet rather than creating catastrophic events for then potentially other governments to utilize and, and uh, uh, create as a wealth giving opportunity. So primarily at the moment, is it generally being used by um, sort of the oil companies or people that are mining to look for certain minerals or is it yes I, I understand so that is the focus of it at this present time right. however I, I'm saying though that with in coupling with this there are also experiments uh, really about tectonic plate movement which are being enhanced by uh, the the same possibility of sending radio waves. After all, radio waves are very easy to send. It uh, doesn't take a great deal of power and is something that has been found to be uh, very equitable. It, it is a, a very sure way of gaining a result. The ability, however, to change this into something of a weapon is um, something of which the, the experiments themselves in your present country are far in advance of. A question around this, because I was perplexed to read this actually, was um, the emergency services in this country were called upon um, to, to sit or to take part in an earthquake drill of a magnitude A earthquake in England. Yes. Yes, uh, and I just thinking, are they? Do they know something we don't know? Is there a high possibility that we could have an eight magnitude quake in this country? Yes, absolutely. Of course, there is, and I would say that there is a, a very uh, certain possibility of that. Not to say that it is necessarily to do the, with the harp experiment, but simply because there is activity of the Atlantic plate and various other facets of it. I know that the people that um, who are conducting this test or drill, are they aware of this? Is, is, are people in the know that know this could potentially happen? Is there science that they would know about? Yes, absolutely so. Absolutely so. Because, uh, don't forget, my dear friend, I understand that there are several hundred uh, quakes in, in your fair country at this present time. And that uh, particularly if you look at it 
uh, from a line from Carlisle right down through Oxford, I understand. Ooh, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Crikey. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, it, it's and, and part of the problem, my dear friend, that we always had uh, really an issue to do with uh, the, the building of uh, the uh, atomic um, storage facility in uh, Cumbria was really to do with the fact that it's actually on a fault line. Right. Okay. I'm just going Which back to... Sorry. Bright. We didn't feel that that was very bright. No, no. And then there's a lot of things that go on like that. They're not very bright, I think. It's humanity at, not at its best. Because mm. we're going back to Nikola Tesla. Sorry, Nikolai Tesla. Yes. Um, he did an experiment, didn't he, where he actually made a whole tower block shake completely, almost like and he actually, almost like he created an earthquake, didn't he, with one of yes, his experiments. Yes, that's right. Yes, absolutely so. And, and, and that's what I'm talking about, Fred. He was actually dealing with these issues uh, really specifically to do with radio wave technology. He was trying to understand how different energies could be released from it or directed by using it uh, as well as understanding its other gifts, if you like, to humanity. So was a lot of his work and uh, patents taken away because there's rumours that um, a lot of the things that he invented went missing after his death. Yes, that's right. Absolutely so. Uh, don't forget, my dear friend, that Edison actually stole the electric light. That's right, yeah. yeah. And, um, and um, because in actual fact, what, but what you have to realise and remember is that the great situation about uh, our dear friend uh, Nikolai is that in actual fact, his whole energy was simply about experimentation, discovery. He wasn't really interested specifically in making large fortunes from it. He, yes. Well, there's another chap on the, on the airplane now who's got a very similar mentality to Nikolai Tesla, and that's, I believe, John Hutchinson. Have you come across his work? Uh, yes, I understand so. And he, he's doing some amazing work with things like levitation and um, even the, the kind of science around the Philadelphia experiment as well, where he's got yeah. certain metals that just kind of morph into other metals, wobble and uh, take off. It's, um, it's incredible. And he's got the same sort of mindset. Well, I was listening to an interview where he's just he's interested in inventing this stuff, but he doesn't really want to make any money out of it. Yes, so. yes. Yes, that's right. Exactly. It's, the whole fascination is in what if I can do this? You see? And that, in a sense, is like thinking outside the box. That's in, 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 and because of the fact that uh, Nikolai Tesla was himself uh, slightly, I understand, autistic, uh, that was part of his uh, tribe of reasoning, I suppose. He had a very similar uh, mental ability as an autistic on the earth plane called Temple Grandin where he yes. could visualise vividly, couldn't he? So he's almost yes, like... Yes. yes, that's right. In exactly the same way, my dear friend, as you can sometimes have mathematicians, really great mathematicians, who can see number differently from anyone else. The, the, the pathways and, and, and secret abilities of numbers which then become illuminated in uh, pro... Uh, succession in a sense and that could be from a whole mass of array of explanation or, or someone trying to explain a problem or theory that they would actually just take one glance at it and the, and all of the relevant parts would simply jump out would be illuminated in lines you see yeah well the way that Temple Grandin explained it was that um, she said that in the front of the brain you've got the CEO office, like the, the chairman's office or whatever, um, and in her case it's not working. So all of the different departments are now rooted to the graphic designer's office. Yes, so, yes. so it's really amazing. I guess it could be rooted to the mathematician's office. <laughs> you know. Yes, so, exactly so. That's the point. And that's the wonderful thing, in a sense, about synapse uh, themselves, the way that they knit together and the so say randomness of it, it isn't actually, it's part of the genetic coding that takes place um, and part of the DNA. But the point is that 
what happens with some human beings is that it branches out. It does things that are different. And part of what seems to happen with some forms of autism or various forms of autism aren't necessarily behavioral or are not necessarily situations which are then uh, derogatory in any way. They are just simply different. See, it makes me wonder that if you've got a brain which is perfectly balanced and normal and everything's working, you might just come across as just a, an, an okay person, so, you know, with no really amazing abilities. But if you've got a little bit of a problem in the brain somewhere, you almost get that kind of genius type thing. It's almost like genius. To be a genius, you have to have some kind of something wrong in the brain. <laughs> it's well, just something different. Something different, yeah, not wrong. Yes, yeah. Yes. Because they always seem to have like a quirky uh, personality, like the mad scientist or something like that. So what you make up in intellect, you might lose in social awareness or social skills, I guess. Yes, yes. Yes, that's quite true. And usually does happen uh, to some extent or other. You have uh, um, conditional behavioral problems or inadaptability. Uh, really to do with functionality or, or, or simply to do with communication skills. The communication skills are there. They're just different. That's all. Yeah. Okay. So with the harp thing, is there any... If, if this stuff was to come to the surface and go into the mainstream, is there technology within that that could be used as a more cleaner free energy? Oh, Absolutely. That's what Nikolai Tesla was all about. He really wanted to find free energy. He wasn't really interested in anything else. And the whole po problem that he was trying to resolve, I understand from, from him, was that uh, really he was trying to resolve matters of how to transfer energy from one place to another place. And therefore, then how that would be something that could become free. Mm. in respect of then harnessing energy from different sources. Um, I understand that being uh, fascinated by uh, situations such as the many thousands of strikes every single year of uh, atmospheric lightning. Yeah. Actually, this uh, you've just given me another question now. I meant to ask you earlier to do with the earthquakes people seem to see a lot of lights around earthquakes, whether it's like a huge kind of uh, glow that appears around an earthquake or lots of sort of lights in the sky either before or after earthquakes. Are they tied to the energies that are going to be released or are they something else? I understand that many people have the uh, saying or the thought or feeling that these are part of the HARP experiments, that in, in a sense it's coming from uh, uh, wave technology which is sent through these experiments uh, into the atmosphere and then relayed down to the, the, the firing site or to the, to the injury site, if you like. So I understand that these are many of the uh, situations banded about at this present time. I cannot quantify it specifically. We are still analyzing the data and the situations as they are revealed. It's still open for debate in many respects, remembering that uh, our, our group is really scientifically based. So being that they are still conducting and observing the experiments taking place, they have not come with forward with a definitive answer as such. All right, just, just moving on now, someone's uh, wrote in and basically they were talking about the seals and we've covered that in another show um, now because we were looking into that, that subject properly but what I was talking about is that um, the lady is a vegan, she's you know very um, sympathetic to animals and she's concerned about what's happening with um, I suppose the animals that are being found with their organs missing and sometimes there's no, they're bloodless um, they're silent, no one seems to know what's happening to them. Um, yes. And she just wondered if you're able to sort of shed light on, you know, what potentially is happening there. Yes, I understand that there is a great deal of activity at this present time to do with others uh, from elsewhere. Okay. 
I mean, one of the things, the, the other question she leads on to as well was that she was concerned that, um, you know, some people are saying that all ETs or others are all friendly um, and that there actually isn't any negatives. But we, she feels that, you know, there is. Um, and um, and she, I guess what she wants to know is that if you have, how how can you tell that if you was to come across, say, if you was to meet um, an ET, for instance, um, not saying that they're all bad, and I'm sure if there are good ones, they probably wouldn't interfere. But if they, if you were to meet a, a being and they they came across as all wonderful and shining of light, is there any way of knowing whether they are actually good or bad? Yes, my dear friend. Usually, if they are there to offer you gifts, if they are there to give you uh, something for nothing, purely to allow them then to enter into your life, they are generally going to be hostile. I, I, even though they, I'm so sorry. Even though they will even come across with all of the love in the world and and uh, all of the right uh, energy and vibrations, they will be beings of light. They will have uh, uh, various kinds of of interplay to do with this, and say all the right words and create all the right nuance surrounding it, and will promise perhaps gifts spirit gifts, gifts of healing. These are all situations we have dealt with over many years of, of understanding and actual interplay with human beings who have been through this uh, condition and various forms of conditioning. So one has to be very careful. So I understand that you didn't answer the question on the who's doing it. I know in the past you've said to me that you don't want to antagonize those beings. Is it something that's a bit sensitive to talk about? It is extremely sensitive, yes. For my dear friend, there are many, many who are practicing uh, various healing techniques and various situations who have been uh, uh, promised through what I am talking about. Okay. All right, so, so the next question really is um, kind of around channeling. Uh, I mean, I'll just there's different forms of channeling, um, as you uh, you know. Obviously, you you do channel. You channel in through Mick, um, and you know, like going back as um, you know many decades. You know, sort of channeling was kind of mainly through like a sort of spiritualist type um, setting where people would learn slowly how to channel, um, do it safely in a circle. You know, it was it was kind of done in a safe manner, really, and then all of a sudden now we have an explosion of lots of different channelers um, that just do it themselves. I guess you know, they just sit down with a pen. You know, I, I guess is there any danger in either of the two? I mean, have we sort of progressed as a species now that we don't actually need to sit in circle? Well, my dear friend, I suppose you could say that their cautionary state uh, at that time when dealing with the trance state, you have to understand that the trance state originally was something which is of part of physical mediumship. That means to say that the mechanism has to be created. That's something that is a mechanism, not an ideal, it's not a vibration, not something to do with the mind of the medium, but is actually a, uh, an actual mechanical device that has to be created by the spirit world with help with the loving vibration from the sitters involved to then create that ability uh, and to enable the consciousness of the uh, proposed medium to become subordinate, to then become to such an extent that they're actually able to not squish it, not squash it, but to actually enable the consciousness to be completely lost from that from the medium themselves but this you have to create a mechanism to be able to do that so that means to say then what you're dealing with because uh, and the reason why this was set out in this way was because of the fact that in physical mediumship you cannot have a person 
who is conscious, the aware, for certain forms of physical mediumship. Not perhaps to do with the situation where you are having uh, 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 trumpets, perhaps, which are conical apparatus for sound, uh, which are physical, being moved by perhaps uh, ectoplasmic rods from the stomach, for example. You might well have a situation where the medium concerned, strapped in his seat, is actually completely compass mentis and can watch and observe the activity take place. But the, what's happening is that the, uh, the ectoplasmic rods are coming out from the solar plexus. So through the skin and out through the solar plexus and are then um, um, arranging the, um, the instruments, as I say, as I have already just stated. The situation that you now have where various people are just going into not really any other kind of out-of-state or out-of-body experience, but just simply inviting energies or not necessarily doing the work, the development work, but simply uh, allowing what they perceive to be certain specific energies, because that's what they've been told they are, perhaps directly by the energy themselves, that this is taken as red. So part of the obvious situation here, uh, not only to do with this, but also the prevalence of various different beings from other world, outer world experience, that means also that the deliberate situation of this, so say, raising of the vibration, so therefore everything is nice and rosy, may not necessarily be that way at all. And I have to say that it means that there has been little or no preparation to do with this, and it also means that in this stage that people will say, could say that they are anything absolutely anything from Archangel Michael to Gabriel to God to uh, some being from some other far-off planet whatever it is and yet there one would think if you actually had uh, a being such as played to be uh, Archangel Gabriel then you would think that being would be able to show themselves directly uh, in physical matter, because that's the kind of being that they're supposed to be. The actual inference is, however, that between the physical world and non-physical world, it's actually extremely, extremely difficult to bring anything at all. And the, the situation has to become construed through a mechanism or through some other kind of apparatus. It's part of the reason, for example, why you have situations with orbs and the uh, illuminate orbs that you then see as faces and, and that kind of situation are simply experiments being conducted in the spirit world so that their faces can be seen. It's a plasmic disk. And that means to say that there have been experiments uh, done time and time again in the spirit world to enable those to happen uh, in, in exactly the same way as sensing uh, uh, orbs as well, which actually contain scent of a smell, an animal smell, or maybe cigarette smoke or something else like that. These are actual things that are created in the spirit world to bring physical evidence into your side of life. That is not an abject of the mind. It's not something that is like a, a lay description. It's something which is very factual. So it means to say that if you have people who are not putting in any developmental work, but are just simply sitting one day and uh, sitting down one day and then feel or sense that they have this Archangel Michael or Gabriel or whoever it is, and that that's who they're saying it is very well, then carry on. But if you are not uh, creating the right evidence, if you are not gaining the evidence, because if you look through all of the dissertations from all of these beings, they are all saying exactly the same, in the same language, in exactly the same written text, the same descriptions of how these are brought about. That means to say that it should ordinarily be something that is questioned 
extremely vigorously by a group which is then able to focus upon that. And this is a situation which then uh, comes back, if you like, in a sense, to the whole trance scenario uh, in its original state, because it's all about testing. It's all about being able to verify and validate the whole process of containment, the whole process of change as in a structural event. And that is the reason why it is that uh, you have to have the conscious uh, awareness completely lost from the physical energy, from the being itself. It has to be an empty vessel. Part of the problem that actually illuminated, first of all, in the United States, I understand, was really to do with people having uh, not out-of-body experiences because it was just too much work to do with that to be able to to have to go through all of that process to bring it about. It was much easier just to walk around with your eyes wide open and drinking wine and call yourself a, a, a pharaoh or some other such deity. Most of all, plauded by many human beings on our side of life for reasons of which we cannot possibly fathom, because most of them were extremely dangerous, errant beings, warlike, who actually slaughtered hundreds of thousands of slaves in their name. So I do not find them as being, even now, uh, good conscious spirit energies. They are beings who are still overcoming the terrors of their time. So I read a book a few years ago and it talked about a kind of a subspace war. Um, so not just a war on Earth, but a kind of a war in subspace, meaning like on the, the astral planes or in, in, the, in the spiritual levels if you like I don't know what the best word to call it that where you've got uh, other beings that are tr still trying to uh, come in and influence yes. humans to, to create the similar situations they were creating before yes yes you're talking about ultraverse friend you, yes indeed yes. Ultraverse, ultraverse that's what it's called uh, where you have a, a situation of a duality where you have a, 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 a different uh, uh, a different dimension, if you'd like, whereby beings come from that dimension uh, um, and oftentimes because they have just been, uh, maybe they had a physical life experience and maybe their energy didn't uh, respond to the way in which they would have or could have accelerated their energy and therefore been a very loving being, a very loving vibration, and instead did the reverse. Okay, so I mean, are there beings that just stay there and they're, they're not interested in sort of going back to their own soul group or their own beautiful spirit, as you would say, or even to have another experience somewhere? They just want to stay as an energy. That's uh, right. Right. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. That's what I'm saying categorically. Uh, and that is the state of it. So it means that when you have that kind of situation scenario, not being uh, wanting to put or plagiarize fear or anything of that nature, but it's part of the reason why, in a sense, many uh, uh, groups beforehand, religious groups, had been very fearful of uh, actually letting go of, of allowing uh, beings who had had physical life, who had different kinds of energies uh, about them, whether they were actually beings who had uh, accelerated their energy. And therefore, I suppose that's part of the way in which many religious groups in, in their own way had then uh, really felt that such dealings were of a demonic nature or, or had inclinations to be of a demonic nature. Uh, through sort of like a, a prayer or um, and, uh, an intention or something like that, is yes. there what, is, it can, if you were to sit in meditation um, and ask to connect with another being, not saying that you say anybody, because that's the worst thing you can say, um, but is there like an invocation that you can use that would always keep you safe, or is that being naive? It's being naive, actually, I, I have to say. 
particularly at this present time, because there is so much negative energy. You have to understand that negative energy creates more of itself. It can't do so unless other beings are attracted to it. You must remember, dear friend, that negative energy itself can become a combustion, can become a, like a chemical reaction that is creating within the physical psyche, if you like, of a human being, live. So that means to say they become attracted to it. There are many beings on your side of life who are actually quite attractive to negative energy. It's part of the reason why they like to be scared uh, uh, when seeing a film. Uh, there are many people who like to be frightened out of their wits to do with things that, uh, to do with the spirit world, for example. Uh, though actually they don't know what they're really doing and what they're really letting themselves in for. Uh, there have been many events where we have had to intercede in uh, where people have been visiting graveyards and all of this kind of uh, hocus pocus, really, uh, and actually bringing back uh, very hot energies into their midst and then uh, wondering why it is that they're pinned up against a wall or, or whatever, or far worse. So the condition is surrounding this that there is a certain attraction by physical human nature to attract to part of the reason why I suppose that human beings like to be at war, why human beings like to fight one another, why there is this supremacy march of one part of the species over another. And it seems to be uh, endemic right throughout your society. So that in a sense, is part of the conditioning that as a species, you have to learn to overcome, that you have to learn what these energies cause and create. They can sometimes agreeably or not uh, create attraction of other energies of ultra, uh, ultra verse, versal forces or of other different natures to do with other past histories. Now, we all know, my dear friend, that many beings from many different centuries and timelines actually don't like to have any kind of reference to any different kind of timeline other than the one that they were born and lived in. Oftentimes, this is something which is prevalently played out within different kinds of places which are, uh, for example, uh, they may be suffering from various kinds of hauntings, particularly in large family estate-like uh, dwellings or that kind of situation where you actually find um, people from one century don't want to have anything to do with people from an, an, a, any different kind of century. They like to keep themselves to themselves, even beings from the same family. It's quite hilarious, really, how that actually happens and plays out. And that it's actually because, partly because of the law of proximity, that that actually takes place. It's simply because when beings are immersed in physical life, they like to stay within that moment, within that notion, and are very much attracted to the energy or creations of energy that took place during their lifetime experience and expose, depending, of course, on how that march played out. It may well be, for example, that the whole contentious issue of it is purely and simply because of one part or accident or, or situation in their life upset the whole condition. So it meant that they ended up as being a very negative or, or distrustful being when they eventually passed to our side of life. That's something that we have to try to mend and make good and make well. And we do so try, but the problem what, uh, with what actually takes place in physical life is that you tend to uh, make things worse by for example, murderers uh, up until quite recently were hung or, or shot or executed in some other way. I understand some countries are still doing that. And some countries do that I even at the slightest whim. Uh, even for poor women, I understand in some countries who are stoned to death merely for having an affair or looking at another man. 
So the whole condition of it is like that is something from the Dark Ages. And they were Dark Ages purely and simply because of these infantile and, and uh, uh, historically backward thoughts and feelings about the preserva preservation of human dignity and what that was supposed to be. That's really, in a sense, a morality code, which then creates negative inversion, which then creates these different and disparate harmonics, which then create chemical reaction and dependency on negative energy. So if you were to take a human being from today, for instance, just a normal bog-standard person who wasn't evil, wasn't nice, but just an, an average person, and put them in the Dark Ages now, would they appear as a lighter being with like a glowing light around them compared to the denser energies that are around that time? Well, that really does depend, my dear friend. You could actually have a, a serf of the same time who actually didn't do anything wrong and had a perfectly happy life, thank you very much, uh, um, and, and that all that was in that person's mind and, and world was work. They may have been perfectly happy to do that. And so you would actually find that their energies would be extremely similar. I'm not saying that humanity and its prevalence to... Uh, negative or dishonorable behavior it is something that is only set at certain times. Obviously, there are interplays, there are relationships depending upon what took place historically at that time that they were having their physical life. And I would have to say that there are certain energies. I, I know where you are coming from, my dear friend. I see no actual evidence at this present time that beings the amount of beings or the percentage of beings in physical life as living on the planet Earth now are any different in their mind retention or in their love or in the kind of, of efficacy that they have for their journey of physical life as being any different than it was in, say, 1542. However, the difference is that you presently have a kind of technology and media ability to be able to spread harmony as opposed to the situation whereby people actually had to just simply sit and listen to the priest or whatever who was giving the sermon or was giving the information from a village they had just walked through uh, 15, 20 miles down the road. And that is their exchange of news and understanding. Okay. Yeah, it's in quick. Cause I was just wondering if there was some kind of um, a humanity collective shift in consciousness. Because that's, that's like a big subject that people talk about today is that yeah. we're going through an, a, a sort of a, a rising consciousness. But, you know, are we really, you know? Yes, exactly. That's my point. Are you really? And, and the evidence uh, points to the fact uh, on the contrary, that there still appears to be uh, a, an enormous amount of people who are trying to overcome other races and diminish other races in order to become superior. That still appears to be that racism is rife and prevalent in the world of humanity at this present time. And also coupled with that, uh, that you cannot claim to have uh, uh, some kind of higher intention or greater uh, love than, any, uh, and than at any other time if you are still blind to the needs of the planet or to the harmonics that are raised within the planet. If you are not, if you are accepting all of that and are really striving to do the very, very best for the planet, then I would say that you have... In, in a sense, made great strides forward. I take nothing away from those who genuinely have. But I'm saying en masse, I see little evidence other than the fact that more is being brought to light. So that means then people feel freer. People feel that their intention is they can speak now and they won't necessarily be squished like a bug on a, a rug, but that rather it will be something that they are just simply adding their voice to the many millions who already are. So that means it has to be something of a gift and you must take it 
as human beings having a physical life now, you must take it with both hands, with both ears, with your eyes, with your mind, with your voice, and join it with all of the others. And, and I have to say, friend, that with the best will in the world, love is possible to conquer all. You just have to accept your part in it and understand not to take the negative route, but to actually try to move beyond that. So that means like, for example, in the way of your own husbandry, in the way of your own morality, in the way that you see the whole issues of the day and how you spread that love and consciousness, not to be derisory in the ways of others. I am not uh, here, in a sense, to put down other conditions that other people's states of mind that they feel they are in. They are welcome to that. That is what they feel. And it makes them a better being. Then isn't that what the lamp of love is all about? Indeed. Um, yeah, thank you for ending on that note. Um, we're coming up to the top of the hour now. Gregory and, yes. and the team so thank you very much thank um, you. it's been great talking to you and um, and uh, yeah if, you, if people want to write in with more questions then, then please do uh, so thanks again Gregory and the White Cloud Group thank you very much with love and light blessings to everyone God bless upon your journeys dear friends think positive yeah. thank you if you would like to book your own personal reading with Gregory to find out about your own soul journey, then please visit the graphic banner underneath the show or visit www.spirit-teaching.com.